Welcome to the Unite Church podcast. For more information about Unite Church, visit unitechurchak.org. Now enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. We're in a series on Ephesians, and we're going to do marriage and family and the bride of Christ. It's going to be so easy, and it's going to be awesome. And, uh, you know, everybody is an expert on marriage, right? No, no one is an expert on marriage. We're all struggling and we're all trying to figure it out. And one of the sad things about marriage uh, in today's uh, day is Christians now are outpacing the world or non-believers in divorce. More Christians are getting divorced than non-believers. What is happening? What's happening? It's blowing my mind. Now, that does I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm just saying something's broken. We need to learn something and change something, right? And it's the way we behave. It's the way we treat each other. It's how we love. In fact, we can find so many great foundations, actually all of the great foundations right here in Ephesians 5, verse 21. And if we would apply this and learn how to apply this, a lot more marriages would be making it. Amen? In fact, all marriages can make it if we did this. It's really the truth. Ephesians 5, verse 21. Here we go. And further... Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. One another. Okay, so we're going to talk about husbands and wives. And the first thing he says is submit to one another. This is the key, guys, to marriage. Submission comes from a heart of honor. That means I see you as equal value to my needs and self. Slow this down and think about it. I see you as equal value to my needs, what I need, and myself. God is telling us to learn how to submit fundamentally to one another. That means I lean on and trust you for what you have as a resource for me. That's submission, not subjection. Subjection is you boss me around and I do everything you tell me to do. Submission is I see you as a resource and I'm gonna lean on you for the resource you can be in my life. We submit to one another uh, in worship to Jesus. Respect for who Jesus is and what he's done for us, okay? So I'm gonna say that more than one time. I just wanna slow that down. So we're gonna read everything else. It's about submitting to one another. And then he starts to talk about, okay, but if we wanna make this work, Husbands, here's what you need to focus on. And wives, this is what you need to focus on. Both of y'all are going to submit to each other. But we need some focus points if you want to win. Can you think about it like that with me? That's the context of how the Apostle Paul is laying this out for Ephesians. Verse 22, for wives, this means, this is your focus, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. The same way you submit to Jesus and lean on him for resource in your life, you submit to your husband the same way. Verse 23, for a husband is the head of his wife as, say as. as. <laughs> okay, big word in this Bible passage. He's the head, not as you decide you want it to be, whatever you think you're supposed to do, or as like the way your dad was to your mom. Heck no. As Christ is, say is, The head of the church. You can only do this one way. The exact same way Jesus leads his church is how we lead our wives. 
He is the Savior of His body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. <laughs> so many wives just like, I hate this passage, okay. <laughs> this is so beautiful, guys. If we get it right, or it is absolutely tyrannical and it is abusive if we get it wrong. And that's why everybody has the twitches, right? Because we've just seen it and done it wrong so much. For husbands, this means, this is your focus. For husbands, this means love your wives just as, okay, say as again. There's no wiggle room here. Just as Jesus, as Christ loved the church, he Gave up his life for her. Just as. He gave up his life for her. He didn't beat her into submission. And unfortunately, you know, that's kind of like, it's kind of funny, and then it gets really not funny. When men think, Beating their wives into submission, literally, physically, emotionally, is God's plan. Guys, that is one of the most grievous sins in the entire world. Is for husbands to beat their wives into submission. Emotionally, physically, manipulatively. That's an emotional, manipulative, uh, abusive uh, mindset to get. Is to subject another person to do what I want. This is abuse. And it is not how Jesus leads us. Jesus never doesn't have to manipulate us because he trusts in himself. He's so powerful and he's so confident in who he is. He's like, look, it's all going to work out. Y'all are going to make mistakes and I'm going to keep loving and forgiving you. And I'm going to keep empowering you even though you make mistakes. And yes, you're going to have to suffer for your bad decisions. But I'm going to be there for you when you do. And this is what love looks like. And he's like, I'm laying my life down for you. I, Jesus is the one who is like the coat that is laid over the mud puddle for a woman to walk across so she doesn't get dirty. That's Jesus. He did that with his own body and life. This is how men are called to lay down their lives for their wives. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean. See that? To keep her out of the mud puddle. Washed by the cleansing of God's spoken word, declared word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle, or any other blemish, thank God. Instead, he will be holy, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. We, we believe we're members of his body. As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I'll say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. And 
other versions it says, hey, I just want you to know I'm talking about the Christ. This is a crazy mystery. I'm not just talking about marriage. I'm talking about Jesus and the church. This is a parallel. The way we love our wives and the way wives respect husbands and we love each other and submit to each other is exactly an example of how Jesus loves his church. And when marriages are broken, the church is broken. If we can't get our marriages working, guys, we just struggle with understanding how to get our relationship with Jesus or our church working. It's just the way it works. And right now, we need to learn how to dive in and make our relationships work. Amen? Okay, so let's keep this in context. Let's go back to Ephesians 5, verse 1. We're going to read all of this in context. The first one is Ephesians 5, 1. Be imitators of God. Do we have that, Ephesians 5, 1? It's in there. Come on now. We got this. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. It's okay. And live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Then the second context, we're going to keep that in context. That's a lens. And then the next lens is we're going to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, right? So we're going to keep those. And I'm going to lay my life down. It's a fragrant offering. It's worship to God, just like Jesus did. I'm going to be an imitator of God. I'm going to do what he did. What he did, that's what I'm going to do, right? So simple, but so hard. And then I'm going to do this, and I'm going to learn to submit to one another. But also in context before this, in the last couple messages, in the, actually the last chapter of Ephesians, it talks about us not living worldly lives. Lives that are just all a big mess because we're a bride. And we're not made for this old lifestyle. We're actually made to be clean and washed and pure without blemish or wrinkle, right? We just heard that, that we're the bride. So we were reading even earlier that we are called to be a temple, a family, right? And we're also called to be a bride. And so we're called to be a bride. We think about we're clean, we're, we're, we're presented. We heard it right here that we're made to be presented back. So in the context of making marriages work, marriages don't work, families don't work when we're living on worldly principles, ungodly principles. When we're allowing ungodly principles and things to infiltrate our life, it breaks down and destroys our marriages and our families. So we're made in a wedding gown that's beautiful and righteous and is holy, and we're not made to get dirty. But sometimes we think about our life and we think, oh, I'm going to try these old principles. And we end up taking our wedding dress and we go pig wrestling, right? Jared, there it is, okay. It was really, his finger, he's like, okay. There's some wedding dresses. Pig wrestling. This didn't happen in Nikiski. We never did this in Nikiski, but I could see it happen in there, but it never did. So I want you to think about this. In the context of making marriages work, this is not how marriages can work. Is We cannot imagine that our marriage is going to work and we apply worldly principles or, or, or ideas, it's like this. We, we're put in a wedding dress not to go wrestle pigs. We're putting a wedding dress to go marry the king of kings, our groom, all right? And so there's so many things. Pornography ruins marriages. It's not love. Marriage is between a man and a woman, two people. 
When we add a third person in, it's a dirty pig. Pornography is adding a third person into your marriage. Dirty pig. Don't go wrestle it. When we use harsh words towards one another, dirty pig. When we use abusive language, we say bad things. We call each other names. You're wrestling a dirty pig. Hello, sexual immorality. Dirty pig. Stealing. Lying. Right? All of these things. If we go back and preach the whole message about all the things that we're not supposed to do. You read in Ephesians 4 and the beginning part of Ephesians 5, there's a huge list of things that say, don't go wrestle the pig. You're made to be a bride. When we bring that junk into our marriages and then wonder why our marriages don't work, marriages are a covenant, guys. The first thing we're not going to do is bring the word divorce into our marriages. You may, don't get married. Don't do it if you're not going to mean it. It's better to stay alone than it is to wreck families. Okay, it's just this. Don't go wrestle pigs in your wedding dress. God made you and I for something special. And when we accidentally go down and we wrestle a pig, what do we do? We jump back up, run into the throne room boldly, and we don't make excuses for it. We say, that was a dirty pig. I went pig wrestling. I should not have been doing that because it's damaging and wrecking my world and my life. And we own that junk, and we don't make excuses for it, and we move on. And every single one of us has lists of times when we got confused or we're making mistakes and we're wrestling pigs, and we're supposed to be marrying Jesus. Okay. So we're not going to live in condemnation, Romans, Romans 8, 1, right? But we're not going to make excuses and say that, oh, all my marriage is made for pig wrestling. No, it's not. It's made for righteousness and holiness. And everything we do together is designed to help us stay and be more holy and more right before him. Okay, so let's dive in. Let's keep going. Verse 21. Further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, this means submit to your own husbands, actually. In this, in the Greek, it means your own husband. Okay, so some things that this is saying, right, is that you're not called to submit to all men, which is what some people teach, which is so weird. We draw some really weird conclusions sometimes. And culture is such a primary, huge influencer on all of this. But it says, really, in the Greek, it means your own husband, okay? And we also have to understand what this word submit means, okay? So submit to your husbands as to the Lord, like in a like kind or a way. And then husbands, uh, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior uh, of his body. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Okay, and then verse 25, it says, Husbands, you should love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and he gave himself up for her to make her holy and cleanse and wash her with God's spoken word, okay? The word of God is washing. When we speak the word of God over people, they're washed, they're cleansed, they're encouraged. Now, okay, so we're going to break a few things down here, all right? So the primary instruction to the husband, we're going to start here with the husband. Even though it starts with the wife, the primary foundational instruction is to the husband here. None of this really works. It doesn't work at all if both people aren't 
participating here. But the husband's main focus and one of the most important things is for him to understand he has to lead in love. He has to initiate with love. And he has to initiate that love through sacrifice and through laying his life down. And imagining yourself laying over the puddles and the bridges to try to be a resource and a support and a a place of refuge for your spouse, this is what we're called to do. We have to love. Okay, then it talks about husbands being the head of the wife. This Greek word is an interesting Greek word, okay? And this Greek word really means to be a head. It's like a foundation stone or like a place of origin, a stone that is the starting place for And really, it can even be translated as like head waters. The source or the origin of life and resource. Now think about this. If we're going to be husbands like like Jesus, we're a resource to our wives, like Jesus is a resource to the church, right? So Jesus is the head of the church. He is the primary resource to the church. Let's think about things that the Bible says about Jesus. In Jesus is living water. When I drink of him, I will thirst no more. Woo. When I go to Jesus, I find life and life everlasting forever and ever, right? He is food. He is light. Jesus is support, encouragement. Jesus is the rock. Interesting that Jesus is the rock and the foundation stone. He's the capstone the foundation stone, the cornerstone, the starting place, and the finishing place. And this is exactly how we as husbands are supposed to be to our wives. Flipping good luck, dudes. Good luck. I mean, I'm rocking this thing, but you guys might be. No, that's a negative, Ghost Rider. Jo- Joni is on her first day of two weeks taking a, t- taking a break. So she is taking a break. Praise God, she's earned it. So she is resting. But this is, this is such a hard instruction. It's so simple. But it's like, in everything, we're called to be this life-giving resource, this headwaters. Does Jesus boss you around and control you? Does he put you under his thumb and domineer you and like smash you down? Do you feel like nothing? And then you do what he says? This isn't the Jesus I serve, and I don't see one scripture that ever supports him behaving like that, and I've never experienced him do that. Jesus is always showing up. When I say, Jesus, how do you feel about me? He goes, son, you're awesome. And he never brings up all the stuff. He's like, you know, you really need to turn away from that stuff. This is what I made you for. You're so amazing. He always tells me what he made me for. When he tells me how he feels about me, I love you. You're my son. You belong to me. Nothing can stop this. And we think of the prodigal son, and he runs off, and Jesus told this story himself, and he runs off, and he wastes all of the time and talent and treasures of his father. And he goes out, and he spends it all. And then he finally decides living like this is so bad because he's living with the pigs and eating what the pigs eat, okay? He has a wedding dress, and he's out there wrestling pigs. And then he finally decides he's going to come home to his father, and he feels like his dad's going to go put him under his thumb, and he's afraid, but he's like, it's better than living with pigs and living like the pigs. But when he comes back, he encounters a much different father than he expected, and his father is waiting for him, and he sees him, and he runs, and he tackles his kid, and he loves on him, and he 
just blesses him and he kisses him and he puts a ring on his finger. He says, get a robe and he throws a feast for him. That's how God feels about you when you sin. That'll blow your mind. He didn't make you to live with pigs. He made you to live in his house and have a feast and have all the inheritance and all the things that he has. But we did, when we go live like pigs, we never want to run back. We're like, I smell like pig poop. He's like, I don't care. I'm going to kiss it off. A dad that really loves his kids doesn't care what's on him. I've rescued my kids from all kinds of beep, right, stuff. All kinds of stuff. I don't care what's on them. I'm going to save them from any kind of danger, right? I'll dive in a manure pile to pull them out. This is how God feels about each one of us. And this is exactly how we as husbands are called to love our wives, is to jump into any mess, resource, encourage, empower, strengthen, be a stronghold, a fortress around, a place of resource, of living water, to wash them with the word of God. That doesn't mean, think about this, the word of God. God's word for you is a word of encouragement, of love and resource and life to you. And I don't just encourage you to go, you stink and suck and you smell bad. And I tell you all the things about if you did this, you'd be a whole but better wife. If you just shape this up and that up, then I'd be happy. Is that what Jesus says? Hey, if you just get better, I'll be happy. So it's not how Jesus called us to love our wives. We're a, play, a headwater is not a controller. Okay, a foundation stone is not something that's bossing everybody around. It's, it's a place of resource, of empowerment to the thing we are made for. You guys ever try to drive your vehicle in a bunch of mud? Your vehicle's made to drive and go fast and be awesome, right? Get you places. But if it's in mud, there's no foundation underneath it. You can't get there. It's just, right? But when you stick foundation pieces, even logs and trees and stuff under it, all of a sudden it can drive. This is what we do with our life, husbands. We're the log that goes underneath the muddy train in their, in their, under their vehicle so that their vehicle can drive and do what Jesus made it to do. This is how we're partnering with them. And love is the thing that if we focus on, it drives this type of sacrificial lifestyle that empowers them to their greatness. That, ladies, is that easy to submit to? Because we're not talking be bossed around submission. So submission is lean on and trust in for the resource. So that's submission. That's true submission. Is that I see you and what you have, and I'm going to lean on that and trust on you for the resource and power that you have to help me accomplish what I'm made for. That takes trust to rely upon. Not be bossed around, but to rely upon. The difference of submission obedience is pretty, pretty big. Obedience is, I've given this instruction, I'm gonna do exactly what you say. It's related to submission, it's like a cousin of submission, but my heart and attitude is I'm gonna lean on you and trust you, and so if Someone who is, I'm leaning on, encourages me or says, hey, this is the direction I think we should go. I'm going to lean in and trust and go, you know what? That's going to empower us. That's going to be good. But we learn, we, remember the context? We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So the practical way this works in my marriage and marriages that I think are actually at least working at some level. Because I'm not going to say my marriage is like amazing. But it's at least working at some level. We see God's favor, right? Is when we are submitting to one another. Who has 
the better understanding of whatever it is that we need to be doing right now. And, and, and it's like, okay, we're talking, we're communicating, we're listening, we're, we're responding to one another. And there's times when she submitted to me and I'm submitted to her, but we're always submitted to one another. And it's not whose best idea. It's not a win-lose or a sum game. Like I win, you lose. I got this one, you got that one. No, we are trying to build something together. And this is exactly how the church is supposed to be doing. Not you, everybody listens to the pastor and does. He said, no, we're trying to build something together as the Holy Spirit is instructing us and empowering us through love. God is knitting us together when we submit. When we fall in love with submission, he is driving us together. Okay, some things this passage isn't saying, like we said this already, but I want to just reemphasize this. It's not saying that all women must submit to all men that men are superior to women, and that men are more important than women. And it's definitely not saying that men are smarter than women, because we already have proven that is not true. (laughs) But this first instruction to love, guys, is what makes the whole world go round. For all of us, really, okay, we all have to love. But men's job is to initiate with love. And that foundation, it's this extension of Christ's covenant that he displays in our marriages through our life. He laid his life down for us. We lay our lives down for our spouses. I want to encourage you guys when it says here in verse 26 and 27 to make her holy and clean. Think about by, through the cleansing of the, of the word of God. Men, think about how you talk to your spouse. And are the words you're using encouraging? Are they building up or are they diminishing in any way? If they're diminishing in any way, ask the Holy Spirit, God, you got to straighten me out. And then I want you to think about this, that um, he did this to present to himself without spot or wrinkle. This, this connection of love, this love uh, initiation is really about connection, okay? That we are designed to be listening to and connecting to our wives. And one of the ways we do this is we sit down and we ask them questions. This is practical. Dudes are like, no, man, I'm not asking a question. If I ask her a question, she's going to start talking. And I have no idea when she's going to stop. <laughs> and in there, I think I'm going to get in trouble like two or three times. <laughs> so then guys are all like, eh, I think I'm going to go chop some wood. Just saying, y'all. Okay. I've been married 28 years. I have six children. Three of them are like all over in their 20s. I got three teenagers. Life is amazing. I love my kids. My kids are beautiful. They're pretty much mostly all serving the Lord. <laughs> hey, I wasn't going to call you out like that. You just, i uh, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> She's amazing. She loves Jesus. My kids all love the Lord, which is the greatest gift any father could ever have is their kids are loving Jesus. Um, but connection is really the responsibility of husband's through the initiation of love, is we sit down and we ask questions and we listen, and that connection is so critical to understanding how to make decisions. So if we don't connect to our body, so Jesus communicates to his body and he talks to his body, well, we have to go talk to our spouses and listen and find that connection. And when we find that connection, it's just like the body listening to the senses, like there are five senses, like taste, feel, touch, right? That's the same thing. Okay, uh, 
What are those senses? Smell. Okay, I got one. All right. All right. So we have these senses that are picking up information. Let us know something's going on. It's good. It's bad, right? Whatever that is. And so when we're talking to our spouses, we're experiencing connection, but we're actually learning and we're taking in more information so we can make healthier, better decisions together. But I just want you to think about this. Dudes, just pay attention to your girls. Just pay attention to your ladies. Just sit down and connect with them. Ask them what's happening. Ask them what else. Keep asking them what else till they stop talking. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself hard right now, okay? And, and, and then when, when it gets wily and crazy, that, that we're, we've learned a lot from, there's a great book out there, Connection Codes by Dr. Glenn Phyllis Hill. You can get that book. But these are some principles they teach is what's happening for you instead of why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Accuses a person. What's happening actually invites them to share more. Just subtract why are you blank, whatever. Just subtract that from your language. It sounds condemning, right? And then just ask what's happening. And then have an audible response, dudes. Oh, hmm. Instead of. And then in your mind, you're thinking, when is this ever going to end? How could you ever have that many words? What am I missing? And then this is a great thing is what do you need? What do you need? How can I be a resource for you to help create a foundation under you? Just pay attention to your girl. Love your kids. Love your wives like you love yourself, right? And this talks about like nobody ever just harmed themselves. I just think about this. I want you to imagine a giant meat grinder right in front of you. You know it's there. And you're just going to go, I'm going to put my hand in this meat grinder. And then everybody's like, oh, no, he's going to do it. And then when you get really close, you're like, psych. Not going to happen. Like, I mean, come on. Can you actually imagine yourself really putting your own hand in a meat grinder? Okay, yeah, ow, exactly right, ow, because we don't like pain, and so our natural response to pain is we pull away. So we, we ought to be seeing, when we understand the two are one, he says that when you get married, you leave and cleave. You leave from your father and mother and your husband and wife. You become one. So when we are like one, we have been made like one, we don't just make one decision. We can't. We have to talk to make healthy decisions as one. We have to connect to make healthy, you know, lifestyle as one. And then when we harm the other person, we're actually hurting ourselves. Every time I say a harsh word or I do something unloving, it's like putting my own hand in a meat grinder. This makes no sense. Why would I do that to my marriage? This applies to both men and women. By the way, everything in this applies to both men and women. Love and respect, both things. But if we subtract one and we're not focused on one, men tend to need to have this focus of love because we think kind of selfishly about ourselves and we're powerful. A lot of us are stronger and bigger and we can just kind of control the environment just because of physical strength, which is kind of messed up. But God made it this way. It doesn't make it right. So when we become meek and loving and we use our power to serve, all of a sudden our wives become this beautiful like jewel, this beautiful array of God's expression. And they begin to shine and they submit. And when women learn to respect, which is the primary focus for women, okay, women's primary focus is to 
submit and be respectful to their husbands, submitting and being primarily respect. And I want to pull up this in Ephesians 5.31. As scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united into one. This is a great mystery, and it's an illustration of the way that Christ uh, and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Look in the Amplified Version when it starts breaking out all the Greek, and I'm just going to do that because it makes it so much easier. Verse 33, we have Amplified, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm going to read it. However, let each man, without exception, love his wife, being, in a sense, his very own self, and let the wife see that she respects and reverences her husband, that she notices him, regards him, honors him, prefers him, venerates him, and esteems him. This is what respect means, by the way, all these things. And that she defers to him, praises him, loves him, admires him exceedingly. Okay, I want you ladies, this sounds like a big list, but I want to, I'm going to simplify this, okay? I'm going to take you back home to Nikiski. I'm going to teach you something. Your man is like a big golden retriever. That's all he is. And, and if you think about the way you treat your big golden retriever, that's exactly how your man needs to be treated. Oh, you're such a cutie cutie. Oh, we just want to give you just roll over come here little buddy oh you're a good boy you did such a good job oh go get that go get oh you got that oh good job you're such a good boy oh my goodness i care if you did a poopy oh you did a poopy you're such a good boy am i wrong man am i wrong this is what we need that's what the bible just said Treat your man like a big golden retriever. Just flip and love on him and scratch him behind the ears and pay attention to him. And whatever he does, just tell him, you're amazing. I admire you. I honor you. I prefer you. I esteem you highly. I regard you. Ladies, if you use harsh words with your dudes, you're smoked. Your marriage is not going to work. You're frustrated. You got all these feelings. You're like, I got feelings. I need you listen to me. Okay. Communicate to your core feeling. Say your core feeling. Learn to not communicate through your feeling. If you let your feeling supercharge all the things that you're thinking right now, you're going to say, why don't you take out the trash? And why don't you do this? And how come you don't do that? How does a golden retriever respond when you start talking to it like that? He goes, hmm. He'll stand there and be like, he doesn't even know where to hide. That's what happens inside of your man. Am I wrong? It's exactly what happens inside of your dude. I've been doing this for a few minutes, okay? The harsh words, listen, you need to be heard and felt and known, and I get it. But when you allow your frustrations to communicate through your feelings, you start to harm your man, and you're damaging your relationship. And this is where lots of guys, it just, it's just not worth engaging because I can't handle the abusive language to me because it, it does feel harmful to guys. 
This is why it's in the Bible. I'm going to read this list one more time. Being a sense, uh, his very own self can let the wife see that she respects. This is what respect is, looks like. Reveres her husband. She notices him. You haven't been going to the gym much lately, but dang, you're looking good. <laughs> Regards him. She honors him. She prefers him. She venerates him. She esteems him. She defers to him. So guys do like it. Listen, ladies. Guys like it when you defer to, to hey, do you want to drive your luck? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Let a dude open the door for you. You don't have to be a power woman. You can be a power woman and let a guy like defer to him to do something for you. Let him lay his life down for you. We want to lay our lives down for our spouses and then we want you to, oh, he's a good boy, thanks for doing that. The saying, that's what we want. Admire and esteem exceedingly. Esteem him exceedingly. This is a high challenge, but it's so critical for men to love our wives the way we love ourselves, sacrificing everything to care for and connect with them, to listen to her, to respond and care for her needs, to resource her to accomplish what God is calling her to do, and women to respect our husbands, to esteem them highly, to defer to them and to hear them and to see them and to encourage them. So think about this. When we love and we respect we admire and esteem one another highly, do we increase trust or decrease it? We increase it. But when we go wrestle pigs in our wedding dresses, guys, we harm one another, and it's why our marriages are breaking down so radically all over the place. God gives grace to the humble, power. And our call is to love in humility, to just prefer others above ourselves and to give up our lives for each other, to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and to just honor each other. Oh, I had one more passage in here that I wanted you to see. Oh, it's 1 Peter 3. Do you have that one, Jared? Yeah, okay. That's good. In the same way you husbands must give Honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Did you find it? Oh, it's the Amplified. I'll just read the Amplified. In like manner, you married women... Be submissive to your own husbands. Subordinate yourselves as being secondary to and dependent on them. And think about all things I taught, okay? That's what that means. <clears throat> I know, the submission word, it just flips everybody out. So that even if any of you do not obey the word of God, that they may be one, not only, is this the same? That's not, it's verse seven, bro. Yeah. Yeah. It's better. I was like, that's a good one. That's also part of it. It's all part of it. You can just not do it. Don't worry about it. It's good, bro. We give honor to our wives. Do we got it? Treat your wife with understanding. Same way you married men. 
okay, should live consideratively. Whoa, consider. Considerately. It's a big word for a kid like me. There go. With your wives. Uh, with intelligent. Oh, wait a second. Recognition of the marriage relation. Honoring the woman as physically the weaker. That's really what it means. Just physically, okay? And not all the time. I've seen women clear gems because some of them chicks now are pretty tough. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be the weaker, weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift. Equal partner. This is the part that I just thought is so beautiful. You, we're equal partners in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers won't be hindered. Who wants our prayers to work, right? Imagine this. If we're not doing this, Men, our prayers for our families are being held back. They're being blocked. How much? I don't know. It's just they're being hindered. This word means to be resisted or not as effective. Man, we need prayer happening and working in our families. It is such a huge factor. And when we stop doing this, guys, our marriages, our families stop working. So I know lots of you are in all kinds of places. And some of you might be on the edge where you're like, you know what? I'm thinking about giving up on my marriage. I'm telling you, don't give up. Try something new, guys. Try something new. Men, who's going to humble themselves first? This is usually where it gets you. I'm hurt, you're hurt, and, 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 and I'm hurt that you hurt me, and you're hurt that I hurt you. Like, basically, you can think about this. I'm sick of your crap, you're sick of my crap. And now I'm sick of you being sick of my crap. Now we're in trouble. Because we don't want to talk about it anymore at all. But what God wants us to do is to humble ourselves. Somebody's got to take the first step. Somebody has to just connect. Somebody has to say, hey, what's happening for you? What's going on? I need to hear you. Wow, 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 I see, wow, that's hard. And we validate those things. And then we just ask, what do you need? And sometimes we can meet that need or not. Sometimes it's a hug. Sometimes it's just, a, I just need this. I just need you to talk to me. I just need you to hear me. And sometimes it's like, man, it would really help if you could work on making this change because that feels very unloving to me. You know what, I hear that. I'm gonna do my best to make that shift because I love you. But we're both so hurt, sometimes it's really hard to initiate and start. I'm gonna pray for someone to get a heart to start, to get the vision to start right now. And it, ladies, gentlemen, younger folks, listen, marriage is a really hard thing to do. And it's a really beautiful thing to do. It's one of the greatest things you'll ever do is get married, have kids, and produce a family. And it's hard work and are equally and actually more amazing than the hard work. Way more amazing than the hard work. The exponential return on what you get in love and return in your family is like nothing else I've ever experienced in my life. And, and, and if you're single, like, listen, if God hasn't called you to marriage, then God has called you to a great thing. And that is in a service to the Lord. And you exchange that service to the Lord instead of taking care of babies and families to producing tremendous fruit in the kingdom, not serving yourself. 
if you're empty and alone and all that stuff, start serving the Lord and getting connected to his family. And that's where your life is. If you're not going to be married and have families, then you need to press into the kingdom and your life is not in the world. Your wedding gown is prepared for Jesus and your service is to him. Your service and worship is to him. So listen, no one loses. And we all experience pain and we all experience loss and we're all giving up something and we're all trading our life for something and it's always worth it if we do it for Jesus. But we have to flip and do it. Don't just get into a marriage and just don't put any effort or energy into it or think it's just gonna be a cakewalk and it's all gonna happen and be like perfect in the movies. Which, what movie actually shows perfect marriage? I've never seen one. It's not just gonna happen. You gotta work hard at it. And it's going to be every moment of sacrifice. All right? So you close your eyes with me here around the room. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes unto the Father except through the Son. Jesus died so that you could have life. Today's a great day that all you have to do is surrender your heart to him and you'll be saved. If there's anybody here and you're like, you know what, I want to be empowered with the Holy Spirit. I want to be empowered to live a life that God made me for. I'd love to pray with you. Just raise your hand in the room here. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Jesus, thank you. I see your hand. Anybody else? Yep, I see your hand there too. Jesus, I want to turn my life over to you. Thank you. I'm ready. Come on, man. Let's go. You can put your hands down. Just pray this with me. It's so simple. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. That's what the Bible tells us, that Jesus is Lord. So pray this with me. Jesus, I declare you as Lord of my life. Save me. Transform me into the image of your son. Fill me with your love in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I'm going to pray over marriages today. Come on. We need some help, right? We need some help. So if you want to receive a blessing, just go ahead and lift your hands up or get your heart ready. Father, in Jesus' name, I'm just praying for every marriage in this house, for every even broken marriage, Lord God, for those that are divorced or have been divorced or starting on new marriages and just just trying to make it work, Lord, and those that are on the brink and on the edge, Lord God, and I'm just praying right now for your love to wash over this family, your love to wash over your church, your love to just fill us all up, God, that we would learn how to love the way you love, that a heart of submission and sacrifice and laying our life down would come. And God, I'm praying for starters in this church right now, those that have the courage and the humility to start the conversation, to give up the pain and give up the hurt and give up their judgment and accusations and all the things that are right about how they've been hurt and just humble themselves and begin to love and begin to reach out and connect. I'm praying for healing over marriages right now, love over marriages, and for women over this congregation to learn respect, what it really means to learn how to love their husbands through respect, Father, and that men would learn how to love their wives truly the way you loved us. We're desperate for you, Jesus. We just need you to help us. I'm praying for breakthrough and for strengthening and for unity over families and that, God, you would turn our hearts towards one another. We love you today. Let your covering go wash over us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at unitechurchak.org. We hope to see you soon.